appreciate the elders giving me the opportunity to come to speak to you this evening. If you turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3, it's where we'll be reading from. Our lesson will be taken from mostly tonight. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, as he gave us commandment. Tonight, I want you to take a a look around the room. I want you to see that there are people sitting near you, sitting beside you, sitting behind you, sitting in front of you, who are struggling with personal matters in their lives. They're struggling with matters in their lives that you can't even comprehend. There are people sitting in here tonight that are struggling with things because they're human. We all are struggling with something, believe it or not. We just don't know what each other are struggling with. Some of us are struggling with ongoing health issues and uncertainties. Some of us are are recovering from serious, a serious medical procedure, or you know someone that is. Some of us are hurting from the loss of a loved one, such as a spouse, a parent, a child, someone in our life. Some of us are trying to overcome the ongoing pain of losing a loved one. Someone in here tonight is dealing with the loneliness and sadness that comes with that death or those deaths. Some are feeling sadness over the loss of a dearly loved pet. Someone is struggling with trials and pains of aging and health deterioration and stressing about life seeming to unravel around them. Someone sitting here next to you is enduring unfair and and hurtful treatment from others, maybe from others in the world or those in the church. Some are dealing with unfortunate circumstances of life, and some are feeling overwhelmed by life, carrying heavy burdens of various sorts that, again, that we can't even think of. In dealing with these personal matters, some are trying to navigate the transitions of life, all the while struggling with depression or feeling overlooked and underappreciated and maybe feeling invisible by others. Some are facing an uncertain future. We have youth in our midst that are trying to set a course of life, wondering about their future. We have some youth in our midst that are trying to grow up and do the right things, but are growing up in a wicked world. 
those same youth are trying to make good decisions, possibly, when the rest of their family isn't. And they are trying to step out from a poor home life and make better choices. But they're growing up in a home with unreasonable and unrelenting um, parents. They're feeling overwhelmed by growing up. We've gotten to the stage that it's time to make some decisions and they're facing challenges of life and it's a struggle for them. And they may be facing some major life decisions. And then you have those that, you know, we have these personal struggles and you may not have be dealing with them. And maybe the list I just, uh, I just displayed or what was displayed on the screen here doesn't touch you, but you may know someone, but maybe you're in a family where you're dealing with hurt and serious challenges or you're dealing with anger and frustrations in your home or, or possibly in your marriage. You're dealing with the uncertainties that come with that in your home and striving for peace in your marriage when you're married to a non-Christian. There's someone sitting in here like that, dealing with marital conflict and stress or maybe dealing with life after divorce. In these family matters, you may be struggling with preparing to be a parent for the first time or a second time or however many times, and it's a it may be stressful. You may be feeling overwhelmed as a parent, trying to raise your children faithfully, faithfully raise your children, or raising faithful children in an ungodly and, and wicked world. You might be sitting here tonight as a single parent trying to raise your children. You might be a grandparent or grandparents trying to raise your own grandchildren or someone else's children, and it's a struggle. You may be stressing over the direction of your child or your children's lives. Maybe you're hurting as a parent for your adult children. As you see the challenges that they're enduring, and you're trying your best to just step, take a step back and let them live life. You may be stressing over and disappointed with the choices of those same adult children. You may be dealing with a strained relationship with adult children, those same adult children, and thereby a strained relationship with your grandchildren. You may be struggling with a family member's ongoing health issues and, as it says, uncertainties of a spouse or a child or a parent, endeavoring to take care of an ailing family member and probably wearing yourself out trying to take care of that member. But then that family member may feel like they're a burden to others, a burden to you. You may be sitting here tonight feeling alone because, well, my family isn't here. I'm here by myself, and I don't feel much a part of the group. Maybe I feel like I'm an outsider. Maybe there are some of you sitting here tonight and missing the good old days and trying to be the strong one for others in tough times and trying to put on a happy face in front of others. And you have these personal struggles, and then you have these family matters that come up. And, and some of us, you know, we, we're having a hard time because we want to work, but I can't find a job. Or you have a job, and you're dealing with work frustrations and uncertainties. You're dealing with a bad work environment. You're the only Christian there. You're struggling with overcommitment. Or, or maybe you're dealing with the overcommitment of your spouse or your father or your mother 
or some loved one. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed and overworked and overcommitted, struggling with financial troubles and uncertainties. And you, you take all these personal struggles, these personal and, and, and family matters and, and, and these work struggles that you have, and, and then we come here. We have all of that on our backs. And we come here and, and try to put on the face that says that I'm, I'm ready to serve God, yet in our minds we still have all these things going on, and yet then we have these spiritual matters that come up that are much more pressing, but we still are holding all these other struggles in hand, and then we have these spiritual problems in our own lives where we're, maybe you're sitting here tonight regretting your past choices and then consequences that have come out because of that that you're still dealing with and trying to overcome addiction. There's somebody or some people here tonight, believe it or not, that are struggling with addiction. Yep, it happens in the church. Maybe feeling discouraged and lacking spiritual a spiritual uh, fervor that you're supposed to have. And you may be feeling lost for purpose and direction, feeling complacent in a state of spiritual apathy. You just don't care. You're just going to be here because I'm supposed to be, and you have inactivity. You're making choices, maybe taking the wrong direction, allowing the world to influence you, allowing the demands of life and an allurement of the world to distract you from Christ, straying from a faithful walk with the Lord and making poor decisions, leading you away from Christ or possibly just falling away. You may be feeling frustrated with family members lacking spiritual drive and direction. It's like you're the only one in the rest of your family. Your husband is not doing what he needs to do or your wife is not doing what she needs to do or your children are not doing what they're supposed to do. And why am I doing it anyway? No one else is going to do it. Why should I? You're trying to Maybe shepherd or guide the congregation in the right direction and in the right way. You may be trying to find a place in, in the congregation, in the church, and, and trying to get to know the church family, but you just don't feel like you can. You're feeling like an outsider in the midst of the church and feeling alienated from family and friends because of your spiritual and godly choices. You've decided to follow God in the way the scripture says, but your family is saying, what are you doing? Are you saying then that grandma and granddaddy, mama and daddy are going to hell because you found this new church? You're striving to set a good example for others. Even though you're going through personal trials, family trials, work struggles, and you're feeling overwhelmed with the work of the church, and you're feeling overwhelmed with helping others. Giving you a long, long, long list tonight. And I may have touched on something that you're going through. And maybe I hadn't. Maybe there's something more that I could add to the list. Maybe you were sitting there saying, well, you missed this, Jaylee. I, maybe I did. But you, if you're not going through, you know someone that is. Well, I got a feeling that these things that I mentioned tonight are things that either you're going through now or you have. And we have all these struggles and these trials in our lives. What are we going to do about it to help one another? If you're not that one, what are you going to do to help your neighbor, the person sitting in front of you, behind you, next to you, across the aisle? As the first slide said, we need to hold each other up. 
You know, you ever watch a, a football game or a basketball game? Somebody gets hurt out on the field. The teammates run out there and they, they, they pick that person up and one puts one arm around, has one arm around him, and he takes the other arm, put it around that person. They, they hold them up and they help them and they lift them up and they take them off the field and they, they get them help. It's the same, same thing we should be doing. There are three things that I'd like to talk to us tonight about shortly here that will help us to hold each other up. The scripture says there in, <coughs> excuse me, in verse 18 that we read in 1 John 3, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. See, John is not saying not to love in word or tongue. What he's saying is that we, we, we shouldn't just do it in that, but we do need to love each other in word. We need to build each other up through our words. We can use our spoken words to build each other up. Second John 12, verse 12 says, Having many things to write you, I did not wish to do so with paper and ink, but I hope, I hope to come to you and speak face to face, that our joy may be full. This is a great benefit to see each other face to face. It's different from, from speaking to each other um, on the telephone, you know, and I, and I said that, and I was like, y'all know we still use these as phones, right? I know we use them for everything else, but there's a time when we could just, you know, rotary dial or touch tone. We can still use these as phones to talk to one another, but how much more is it when we see each other to lift each other up? When I was going over this, I was thinking about you, Court. You and I have had a conversation about your conversion story. If you would have told me that story over the phone, I still would have been encouraged by you. I still would have been lifted up. But when you tell that story, it's as if it happened yesterday and how much it encourages me, how much it lifts me up. We, when we see each other, we should be lifted up. When I see you, I should go, whoo, glad to see you. You know, I should have some joy in my heart when I see you. And you should be the same way. And not just with people that you know personally. Um, Ken talked about this morning that we need to reach across the aisle. Go talk to someone that we don't know. Try your best to get out there to that photo director and look at it. Okay, I don't know this person. Let me find who they are. Find out where they're at in the building right now and let me go talk to them. Let me go encourage them. We can also use our written words, written words to build up. First John 1 John 1.4 says, And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. Second Corinthians 2.4 says, For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears, not that you should be uh, grieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. <clears throat> you see, we can use, now I talked about these phones, we can use them to call, but we can also use them to text message one another. Or email one another. Let me tell you something radical you can do. You can take a card or a piece of paper and a pen and pencil and write some encouragement to someone. I know it hurts, but write it. Write down your love for someone and encourage them. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 tells us death and life are in the power of the tongue. Do you understand that with a little word, we can tear somebody down, we can beat them up? We can make someone feel so, so bad, but then with a little word, we can build someone up. We can make them feel good. We can, we can encourage them. We can use our words to build up through 
compassionate kindness. Proverbs 31, 26 says, she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Talking about as we, the virtuous women or the Proverbs 31 women, some people say. But what, what I understand here is that we need to use kindness. Okay, so we're in the technological age and we text a lot. Let me tell you something that you can do if you are not sure that the person is going to take your message the right way. Whatever you say to them, put a whole bunch of happy faces or emojis on there, hearts or something, so they get a clue that, oh, I'm happy. Because I understand if you put a period behind okay, it means something different. I don't know. Look, just make sure that people understand that I'm trying to be kind through this message. Read that message again. Get somebody else to read it to make sure it's not coming out the wrong way because we should be kind to one another. And our motivation is found in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. It says, but exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened um, through the deceitfulness of sin. Not just on Sundays should we be encouraging one another. It says when? It says when? Today. Tomorrow is called, it's going to be called what? What do you think? It's going to be called today. And then the next day, what do you think the next day is going to be called? It's not going to be called the next day when we get to that next day, Lord. It's going to be called today. Take each day to try to motivate and, excuse me, encourage one another, using compassionate kindness and, and caring encouragement. And then we need to be concerned about one another. Hebrews 10, 24 says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. You know, checking up on one another, thinking of and, and being mindful of one another is a wonderful thing. When you have concern about someone, don't just think about them. Pray about them. Pray for them. Give them a phone call. Send them a text message, an email, Skype them, FaceTime. I don't know what else is out there. Write a letter. If you're thinking about them, tell them that. And maybe you might just find out something about them that may, may build them up. Because of all the things that we just talked about, all the struggles that people may be having in their lives, maybe they need you to be compassionate towards them, have that kindness, and, and, and show that you're caring. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 6, when we're talking about comfort here, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those <coughs> excuse me, who are any, in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by. I'm sorry for what you're going through. I'm praying for you. And if you tell somebody you're praying for them, do it. Don't just say it. I'm really concerned about what you're going through. Is there anything I can do? Let's show comfort because we talked about this Wednesday night. I was confident, comforted in my suffering from God. And because I was comforted by him, I can comfort you because I remember how he comforted me so that I can comfort you. We need to have not only confidence in ourselves, but help someone else have confidence. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 3 through 4, says, Paul, excuse me, Paul tells the church in Thessalonica, I have confidence in you. 
keep on going. We, you know, we do that on the, on the ball field or, or somewhere else. Maybe you encourage our kids. We need to encourage one another to keep on going. Don't give up. God is still on the throne. You're doing a great job. I really appreciate what you're doing. That builds confidence in, in our brothers and sisters. You know, it's, it's all right to compliment someone, too. It's all right to congratulate someone. You, you know what? Have some gratitude for our brothers and sisters in Christ. How about say, thank you for teaching my children on Sunday morning, Wednesday night. Thank you so much for running the soundboard. Thank you for driving the bus. Really appreciate it. You know what? Thank you all for being here today. Thank you for being here. You are an encouragement to me. I needed to see you today. I need, I didn't feel like showing up because I was not feeling well. I don't know how many times us brothers, when we're trying to meet on Tuesday night, it's, it's a struggle to get here some Tuesday nights because we've worked all day and trying to get here sometimes. It's just so hard. Some of us have been sick trying to come. And then when we leave the Bible study, it is so much better because we've encouraged one another. We need to cite scripture to one another as well. Acts chapter 20, verse 32 says, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. When I was talking about writing those cards, those letters and stuff, write them something, and then, and then put the scripture down at the bottom. You know who is better at um, encouraging and building up than I am? God, his word. God's word can build you up. If you're feeling down, turn to God's word. There's something in there that's going to pick you up. Sometimes, you know, it, it, it may, if we, before I go on, what, you, what can you do with your words today? What can you do this week? What can you do forever while you're on this earth to build each other up? I want you to think about that. I can't, I can give you that list there, but you have to pick, what can I do? What can I do today? Why it's called today to encourage other folks. Because we all have that responsibility. Secondly, besides building up, we need to cheer each other up through our deeds. Verse 18 says there in, um, in, in John, as we read, you know, deeds that can cheer up. Something really simple is a happy face. I know it's hard to come in here sometimes and have a happy face with the things that you're going through. It is hard for me to smile while I'm leading sons. You know, uh, Matt, you do a great job at that. I just have a hard time doing that. It's just, it's hard for me, but I should work on that. Having a happy face, I've learned that when I smile, see, your Tyler already did it. He smiled too. It doesn't always work, but Proverbs fifteen thirteen says a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance or your face smiles. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Have a happy face. Try to smile. I'm not asking you to be fake either, though. If you're going through something and you don't have a smile on your face or you're not, you don't seem pleasant. Obviously, I want to know. I want to help you. I'm not trying to get into your business. But I should because I'm your brother in Christ. And I want to help you. I want to pray for you. Let, let me do that. You know what else is uh, easy for us to do, but we don't sometimes? It's just saying hello to one another. You know, in, in, in uh, Romans chapter 16, 
verses 3 through 16, towards the end of chapter 3, Paul says hello 26 times. He names 24 people, but he says hello, 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 hello to these people. He names at least 24 um, by the end of that chapter. What I'm talking about is not just a head nod, not just a I say hello to you and you just smile at me. I mean, a genuine, hello, how are you doing? Well, I don't feel good today. Someone told me today while I was standing out there um, greeting, they said, uh, I said, how are you doing today? I am cold. I said, well, thank you for being honest because it is cold. I'm trying to get warm. What's wrong with us just asking a person, how are you? Maybe we don't ask that question because I really don't care. We need to start caring because we're Christians. God cares about us. Each and every moment we're here on this earth. So if we want to be like Christ, then we need to care for one another. And will you read Romans chapter 16, verse 16, and First <clears throat> Peter 5, uh, 14. Both of these scriptures speak of greeting with a holy kiss or a kiss of love. Now this is really talking about, uh, talking about a genuine greeting of love for one another as a family. Well, can we accomplish giving each other a hug when we see one another? Maybe you're not a hugger, but you can be genuine. Because I'm your brother, or that person might be your sister in Christ. If you're having a hard time trying to figure out how to keep a happy face or how to say hello or give a, a holy kiss or a hug, go down to McDonald's. It's right down the street. They sell Happy Meals. Okay? And then come back. Let's try to be more pleasant with one another. You know, another thing we can do, Paul tells us to help one another. He says in Galatians 5.13 that we should serve one another. But you also have to let people serve you. Galatians 6.10 says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. We need to help um, in a task. We need to help through an act of kindness. A lot of times, though, we have a hard time letting people help us. I want to help all day, but no, that's right. I don't need any help. No, let me help you. You're robbing me of a blessing. I want to give to you just as you've given to me. We need to hang out with one another. Romans 15, 32 says, being refreshed by one another I stopped right there when I was reading. Oh, it was towards the end of that verse. Why? Why do we need to be with one another? Because we refresh one another. We, we, when we come together, as I said before, we should light up. But we say, well, we only have Sunday morning and, and you know, Bible class and then, then worship service on Sunday morning. And, and then maybe if I decide to come back Sunday night, you know, I have Sunday night, maybe Wednesday night. Have y'all not looked in this bulletin? This bulletin is chock full of stuff that allows us to be together with one another so that we can be refreshed, so that we can, I don't know, you, when I go to the store, when I go to the commissary or Walmart or somewhere, and you go to the vegetables, and they have the little sprayer there, every few minutes there's some mist of water coming out. What does that do to that, um, that, the, the, the vegetables there? It makes it look fresh so that we can come and buy it, right? And we don't want to buy anything that looks wilty. You know, I don't know how many times I've looked at um, um, lettuce or collard greens or something like that. I'm like, I don't want that. I want this one right here. Uh, 
I, I think y'all get my point on that. Um, we need to show hospitality to one another. Hospitality in First Peter um, four nine is what you can read. We need to visit um, each other in each other's home. Romans fifteen thirty two. Invite others to your home. Second Timothy one four. And maybe take a meal to others. Acts two forty six and Acts twenty thirty five. What can you do with your deeds today? What can you do this week, today, this week, and forever to maybe help cheer somebody up? Lastly, what I want us to think about is what 1 John 3.22 says. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing, <coughs> excuse me, pleasing in his sight. This can be this verse can be about me, but really, if you read the, the chapters before it and after, it's really about loving one another. We can, through our prayers, lift each other up. We can build each other up. We can uh, cheer each other up, and we can lift each other up through our prayers. You know, I was thinking about. Um, I was thinking about here, was it last week or the week before, when we got the temporary directory? I think that's what it says on there. It's an opportunity for us to open up the directory and pray for folks by name, just like Paul did. This list says up, this is going to come up here on the board. You can put them all up there, um, brother. It says, through our prayers, we can pray, Father, thank you for you filling in blank. Father, please be with this person. Father, please help. Father, please comfort, strengthen, protect, use, and then take that directory and pray for those folks. You know, again, within in, in our, uh, our bulletin, there are plenty of people to pray for and events and, and opportunities for you to name people to God. On the back of our um, excuse me, bulletin, there are the names of the elders and the deacons and all the folks that are involved in, in the services and, and folks that are involved in different things like the prison ministry that we have here and the classes that go on and, and you know, just, just, just so much. You know, time when we come together for good timers, and I'm telling you all, it's not just for older folks, as it's been said, it's for everyone. We have a good time when we come here. Come here and you will learn things about folks. Wow, that's something I need to pray for. You need to be ready to step up like, like it says there and let God use you to answer your own prayers. See, God will answer our prayers, and we know that. Let's pray for one another so then we can lift each other up to him so that when we come together, we can be refreshed. When we come together, we can help each other through the trials and troubles and struggles that we all go through. What can you do today with your prayers? tomorrow, next week, forever, while you're on this earth to lift people up. You know, we are moving towards 2020 in, here in a few days, and, and our congregation, and our elders, I should say, have, have said that our theme next year will be on unity. And we're really going to focus on unity in the church, but fo- our unity here in the congregation, how we can come together more. I hope you've seen that through all the sermons and the classes that have been going on here recently. That's what we really want to do. And, you know, and all these things that we're talking about, in order for it to become a habit, we have to get into God's word and keep on keeping on through his word so that we can come together more. Here to help you with that.
they say that it takes about 28 days to uh, ha- do something over and over in order for it to become a habit. Well, it takes 28 days for a butterfly to appear. Um, it takes four days as an egg and 14 days as a caterpillar or a larva and 10 days in a chrysalis and we have a butterfly. We also know this premise when it comes to working out. For those of you all that are, uh, are uh, fitness aficionados out there, um, the promise with this is that for 28 days, you'll be a new person. 28 days, it's become a, a, a new habit. You increase energy levels and shed unwanted weight. You'll build strength and, excuse me, to stability and endurance. Why can't we do the same thing when it comes to God's word? We're going to do the same thing here. We're going to take 28 days each month in uh, 2020, and we're going to walk daily with our God, or as it says there, walking daily with my Lord. We're going to take practical and tangible applications for each, uh, each of us in 2020 for 28 days each month to transform our spiritual lives together. The questions that I have for you are the ones that are appearing on the screen. Are you where you should be, could be, want to be, can be, and will be, Lord willing, at the end of next year? I'm sure you've seen already out there on the table uh, the 28 days and, and the little booklet that's sitting out there. Every month, there will be a new booklet out there. And this, in January, we'll start with 28 days to grow in praise of God. All I'm asking you to do is take the little booklet. Each day, you just check off this, uh, the psalm that you've read and contemplate on the questions that are in there. It will bring you closer to God. I, I just know it will because it's God's word and his word has the power to change. That's going to help us with the struggles that we have. Again, I want to encourage you as I encourage, uh, I'm being encouraged. Let's hold each other up. Let's help each other. I'll tell you that there are some of you sitting here tonight, though, that are not members of the body and have not given your life up to uh, up to the Lord today. I'm, I'm telling you, you can't because you need to do it today because we're not promised tomorrow. We need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and repent of your sins and, and turn towards God. Confess your faith in Jesus Christ and be immersed into Christ. After you become a Christian, it doesn't get any easier. It doesn't, life isn't just like, ooh. You got to live faithfully unto death. If you're a Christian sitting here tonight and you've, you've had struggles in your life and you can identify with the things that I've spoken about tonight or you want to be baptized or you have some thoughts or you, you, you have some things that you need to ask us about, we ask that you come as we stand and sing the invitation of him. You are lift up my soul.